All right, everybody, we are back on another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Furtz, and today I'm actually joined finally by Lou the Big Daddy. Lou, what have you been up to? Tell the people. Well, hi, Tim. It's a pleasure to be back on my own podcast. Um, I have been working. I am no longer a full-time accountant, so I now do um, you know, financial work as well as escort oversized loads. So I'm very excited to be back in action now that I have a kind of set schedule. I've also been dropping in the war zone a lot, so I'm going to do some PTSD. <laughs> Translation, Lou likes to avoid podcasting with me. No, just kidding. <laughs> so, we'll be back. We're coming yeah, back stronger right. than ever. Um, so in case you missed last week's episode, I was flying solo, but I kind of flew through some of the games. Uh, that's what me and Lou are going to do tonight. Um, we are recording this right before the Thursday night game kicks off between the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. So if you're here to listen for any of that, you're not going to get any of it because by the time you hear this, it'll be over already. So we're going to start with a Sunday slate of games. We'll just go in order, Lou. So the first one up, New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills, two teams that have kind of been struggling as of late. Um, one Buffalo for me, a little more surprising than the other. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game as a whole? I think it's going to be obviously tight because it's a division game with Bill Belichick. Um, Buffalo has been really underperforming, kind of disappointing to watch. I was very surprised to watch them um, struggle as much as they did against the Jets this past weekend. Of course, I'm not saying that I think Buffalo is in a lot of trouble, but uh, if they don't pull their heads out of the sand soon, they might find themselves in a bad predicament. Um, but otherwise, Cam Newton probably only has one or two more chances to prove to Bill that he's the guy. So I am expecting Cam to turn it up this week, uh, which makes Edelman a nice target for people. Um, well, you must have missed that update from like an hour ago because you and Edelman had knee surgery and he will not be playing. But That's I know funny. what you mean. <laughs> I know it's because you roasted him in that group chat. Now he's like, nah, I can't even play now that you made fun of me. I'm just going to have knee surgery. So this guy can't play me at Flex every week. Yeah, um, I was playing Call of Duty. I didn't see the update. Yeah, it's all good. We forgive you. Um, the way I look at this is teams started playing a lot more zone against Buffalo, making Josh Allen hit the underneath throws and be consistently accurate which is still something that he is not. Um, I mean, they got whacked by Tennessee but three weeks ago, I guess. Um, but that was weird because it was like, they're playing, they're not playing, they have COVID, this guy has COVID. They're going to play Sunday, they're going to play Monday. Like, all right, whatever, I gave him a pass. Then they played the Chiefs in, in the rain, and Allen's not accurate to begin with, so I'm sure that didn't help. But what worries me is that against the Jets, uh, they couldn't score a touchdown, and the Jets are pathetic. Uh, as you know, because you put – probably a decent amount of money on that game you expected buffalo to cover they did not um i'm sure you're upset. yeah if you see lou's face he's very sad um but like lou said this is a divisional game it should be close um for the patriots cam newton's not good we knew that the second they well at least i did i don't know about everyone else 59 percent career yep. completion rating i was gonna say he hasn't been accurate since about 2016 which uh was about four years ago so it's been a while. Um, now his two worst games have come post-COVID, but still. Um, what's surprising, what's really worrying me about the Bills is that their defense is, like, not playing as well as I thought they would. Um, but with that kind of being said, two struggling teams, divisional matchup going against each other. Who you got in that game, Lou? I'll take the Bills, but I just want to add that defense. They've been just 
the last couple of games, stupid, stupid mistakes and really bad penalties. I mean, I'm talking there were a few against even the Jets. Why are you hitting the Jets out of bounds late? Just play football. You don't need to play dirty to beat that team. Yeah, I think they're getting frustrated because they're like getting killed in the run game. And normally, you know, and like their rushing defense has been elite. So if you can't stop the run game, you're not going to beat anybody. I mean, the Chiefs with four backup linemen were rushing for like nine yards a carry. So that's not good. Uh, but I'm also going to take Buffalo. I just don't think New England's good. There are reports out there. They're listening to offers on pretty much everybody on their team. So before we move to the next game, Lou, if you could choose Stephon Gilmore to go to any team besides the Chiefs, because he's not Belichick's not going to trade him to us, where do you think Gilmore ends up, or where would you most like to see him? Um, I'd like to see him. Well, realistically, where is he going to go? He's going to want to go to a Super Bowl team, one of the better offenses that struggle with defense i think he, i could see him going to green bay um you know i think green bay would be a perfect fit for him uh it's also out of division and out of conference so it's something that belichick might actually consider doing yeah my two guesses were going to be green bay or seattle because seattle looks like it does they don't really care they're willing to trade draft picks for people to help them win right now um, if you could have Gilmore to sit on one side of the field and lock that up, that would also help uh, Jamal Adams in coverage when he comes back from injury. So I like your Packers pick also. Uh, but let's move on. Next game, uh, your boys, the Tennessee Titans at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Burrow is actually playing really good. Just the Bengals are awful pretty much everywhere else except for offensive skill position players. Um, as you know, Tennessee has been bashing people over the head. They lost to Pittsburgh last week. Saw that coming from 10 miles away, but it is what it is. They're still a good team. Lou, what do you think? I, I mean, the Titans are going to roll them here. They're just – I mean, you get Derrick Henry started, everything else opens up for them, their entire playbook. That play action is disgusting. And Cincinnati can't even hold their jock straps on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's defense is not good. And Cincinnati's defense makes them look amazing. So that should tell you something about how bad the Bengals defense is. Um, I would assume their game plan would be sell out to stop Derrick Henry because that's kind of what you have to do, but they don't have the corners on the back end to cover, you know, AJ Brown and friends. So uh, yeah, that one could get out of hand, but I do think Burrow's going to put up points, um, but I still think they're going to lose. I'm going to take the Bengals. There's not really much to discuss there. I'm assuming, I mean, the Bengals, I'm taking the Titans. I'm assuming you're also taking the Titans. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. This game was actually exciting. For those of you that actually read our stuff, I was thinking about this for the Friday fire. Um, Raiders at the Browns. I'm just going to give the floor to Lou because I haven't heard his thoughts on either of these two teams in a while. What are your thoughts here? I think it's a final score of about 33 to 30. I mean, they're just – you're very disappointed when you watch either team play. You know, the Raiders, you, we're not really sure what kind of football team they are because they came in and, you know, they rolled over the Chiefs and then they just got smacked around by Tom Brady and Buccaneers. So, um, I don't know. And Baker Mayfield just went bananas last week. Yeah, I mean, definitely, for sure. Um, the Raiders, I'm not really sure what to make of them because, like you said, they beat us. Well, us being the Chiefs, for those of you that are new to this. <laughs> and... But then they got crushed by Tampa, which I was kind of expecting because Tampa's defense is elite. 
but I really like watching two teams play that are allergic to defense. And we have that in this game because I like points. Um, listen, Cleveland without, I mean, this is going to sound messed up because he just tore his ACL. Cleveland's better be without OBJ. Yep. Yes. Baker's better without OBJ. He doesn't. I have a take on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. interrupt you. I would have kept going, but my dog started barking and went nuts. Um all right. So there is such a thing as you being better without one of your star players, and it's because it's one less mouth to feed. Baker is now going to be able to have the playing style. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the same guy, the same style as Tom Brady. I also put this in the blogs that I hope all of you are going to read. And the difference is Tom Brady throws to the open receiver and not the squeaky wheel with, with OBJ out. He can now focus on finding the open receiver rather than the guy that's going to complain the most to the media and on Twitter after the game. I I agree with you. 1 million percent. And I will add, it also takes pressure off the head coach, Kevin Stefanski was calling plays because now he doesn't have to call plays for Odell Beckham. Like, design shots to him like last week when he threw to him in double coverage like what are you doing so i agree i think this helps baker um as far as the raiders go their offensive line should all be back i know they played last week but they didn't practice all weeks so they could have potentially had covid so um who do you got in this game i'll take the browns um uh reluctantly yeah um i'm gonna do the opposite and reluctantly take the raiders <laughs> uh, like you said before, this yeah. could be a, co- a coin flip game. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't be surprised if either team won this one. Um, Cleveland is favored, but, you know, I'll take the Raiders to bounce back. Why not? Derek Carr's been playing well this year. Now that he actually has, like, you know, receivers that can run and catch passes. Um, so let's go to our next game. This one made the Friday fire. Uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions. I'll go first for this one, I guess. Um, the Colts don't scare me because Philip Rivers looks shot. Unfortunately, I liked, I've always liked Philip Rivers, but he, the dude can't throw anymore. So they're pretty much um, a running team that occasionally takes deep shots off play action and they try to play defense. They play a lot of zone. Uh, Detroit with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and TJ Hawkinson should eat up against zone in theory. I know the Colts defense is really good, um, but they mainly play a Tampa two, which means you should be able to run the ball against them. And the way DeAndre Swift is running right now, I think Detroit could find success running the ball. Um, and I think Detroit's hot right now. Like they, in the beginning of the year, they jumped a couple of teams and then blew like 10 point leads at halftime. Uh, but the past couple of weeks, they've put some pretty decent games together. So what do you think? I agree with you. Um, I think at this point, I need to admit that I was wrong about Detroit. I did say they would only win three to four games this year, maybe five if they were lucky. Uh, It's time that, you know, I did think that Stafford kind of took a step back over the last couple of years. I understand last year he started playing really well and also got hurt. But those injuries, as you get up towards your 30s, um, you know, they might start to linger a little bit, plus back issues. The back is a crazy thing. Um, But I I do believe in Stafford and company, and I love Galladay. So I'm going to take the Lions here. Yeah, to go off – Real quick, what you said about Stafford. For those of you that are new to this, I have a massive Matt Stafford blog on our website still. If you think Matt Stafford's not good at football, you don't know anything about football, so make sure you go read that. I'm also going to take the Lions. They're actually getting points in this game. 
So is that something you're willing to bet on? Well, yeah, that's not true. All right, let me revert. Yeah, who are you you're willing to, to bid on anything, but is that something you're willing to put significant money on? Well, the, the Colts haven't really been too disappointing, um, but they also haven't shown fireworks. Mm. And I think that's because, you know, uh, contrary to you, I've always hated Philip Rivers. Um, <laughs> yes, maybe he'll be on a Hall of Fame ballot one day, but he's, he's a loser. He he's a loser. He, do, he can't win. He's piecing these wins together. You, you know, it, it's difficult to watch an old man just die. Just, He's just right now. I will agree with you. Right now, he, his arm looks shot. Right. Yeah. Listen, but you know what? He he can still throw the ball 40, 50 yards downfield, but he's thrown it to the defender every single time. He's His decision-making is so poor. It's gotten a lot I, worse. I can't see how they continue to win any more games. I just don't see it. He's throwing two, three red zone picks every single game. game. No, I agree. I think the last couple of years, like especially – because like the Chargers offensive line got real bad there for a while. And he was just like constantly on his back because he can't run. So he was always on his back. And I think, and that led to him becoming worse and worse as a decision maker. And I think that's still affecting him now. Cause you know, the Colts offensive line is really good and he has time. He's still just throwing balls up for grabs. Like he's trying to make a play when he doesn't have to. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I'm going to take the lions here, but I do think it's going to be close. Like you said, the Colts don't, scare me but they don't make me think they're terrible they're somewhere like in the middle they're in any given sunday team. yeah they're one of those uh mech team yeah <laughs> um all right so let's we're about halfway through the one o'clock slate of games vikings and packers i don't really have many thoughts on this game i'll give you kind of what's going to happen um the vikings defense is terrible because their corners are young and inexperienced cam dantzler one of the their corners who's actually good was just placed on the covid list Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 9,000 yards because they don't have anyone who could cover them. The Vikings will be forced to abandon the run game because they'll be down. And Kirk Cousins is terrible outside the dome and the game is in Green Bay. The Packers will kill them. The Vikings will be forced to pass and they will lose. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to agree with you there. Uh, <laughs> so, something to note with, though, I think uh, Dalvin Cook practiced today. Correct. I'm not sure if he's going to suit up. Would you think he plays this week or no? Yeah, I think he plays after the bye. I mean, I, I, the way he was moving around on the sideline on the Seahawks game, they probably could have put him back in, but they were like, we have the bye coming up, and Alexander Madison's like losing his mind right now, so just let him play. Yeah. Uh, and Dalvin's incredible. Like, even if he plays, I'm still taking the Packers because, like, eventually you can't win games running and playing defense if you can't play defense. So you're going to have to abandon the run game at some point. So that's why I'm taking the Packers. I agree. I agree. Um, I do think, you know, maybe it's crazy, but it, the Vikings are that one team this year where you look at their offensive numbers, which really haven't been disgusting. Like there are worse offenses. Um, They're pretty good aside from cousins, 10 interceptions. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's surprising. I really am surprised that they're one and five. Not only did I take them to win the division earlier, uh, obviously that was months ago before the season was even a guarantee to happen. But I'm very surprised that they are one and five. Um, I, of course, I think they're going to fall to one and six here because Green Bay is just firing on all cylinders. But um, I don't know what's going on over there. That defense is just, it, you know, I know what you're saying about them being young, but even offensively, just those turnovers are killing them. 
Yeah, what I'm thinking, well, with Kirk Cousins, like last year they really protected him, as you know. They ran the ball a lot because their defense was incredible, but they lost a lot of guys. Daniil Hunter's out for the season. Everson Griffin's not on the team anymore. Xavier Rhodes plays for the Colts, All right? They drafted Jeff Gladney in the first round, who's been really good, but are you expecting Jeff Gladney, a rookie from TCU, to guard like Devontae Adams and Kenny Gowday every week? Like, he might be good, but he's not like that elite yet. You know, dantzler has been good for them, but he's on COVID, on the COVID list now. No one's throwing at Harrison Smith because why would you? He's the only guy in the defense that can actually make a play in coverage. They have no pass for us. They just traded Yannick and Gakwe. I think they just gave up. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm with you. I thought the Vikings were going to be good. And here they are about to be one and six if they lose this game. So, yeah. Madison was super disappointing. uh, But, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? He's a backup running back for a reason. So maybe they saw that from the beginning. But anyway, I'm very excited to talk about the next matchup. (laughs) So I was going to breeze through this one because this could get ugly. The New York Jets are playing at the Kansas City Chiefs. The opening line on this to start was like 22 and a half points or something like something you see when Alabama plays like, you know, some random school that no one's ever heard of in the middle of nowhere from Frog Balls, Arkansas in like August when Alabama's favored by like 45 points and they still cover the spread because they beat them like 86 to zero. Um I guess I'll just let you go, Lou. <laughs> I'm just going to say one thing because obviously everyone knows how this game's going to turn out. Even at 22 and a half points. That's down to 19 and a half right now. Even better. Okay. <laughs> so, Tim, how many points realistically are the Jets going to score? 10. How many points are the Chiefs going to score? Uh, depends if they're sleepwalking or not, because if the real Chiefs show up, they could probably drop like 60 on them. Yeah. If the sleepwalking Chiefs show up, they'll probably still score like 30. I know what you're getting at here. Yeah. Right. So you just cover the spread with your conservative picks. Yeah. So take, you know, take that how you will, but I will be taking 19 and a half like it's candy from a baby. <laughs> I think I saw before when I wrote the Friday Fire, the Jets on the money line are like plus 1300. Like something insane. There's there's just no chance. There's especially the Chiefs defense, they're so hit or miss. I mean, we give up everything to the run game, and I don't Frank Gore, does he scare you? No. Dude's Maybe like, Frank Gore in like years old. Yeah. yeah. He he was around for the first Super Bowl. Like this is it's not a threat anymore, but that's funny. You know, and and we get a lot of shit for uh from Jets fans for saying, what do you expect us to say? No, I know. I, you know, whatever we, we you know, you could we say have plenty of time want. to talk about the Jets when draft season comes. Cause I have a feeling they're going to have the first pick. So we'll be talking about the Jets pretty much at nauseum for the next four months. Um, but real quick, before we move off this game, Le'Veon Bell over under one and a half touchdowns against the Jets. Under. Really? It's still, it, it's still Clyde. Okay. It's still Clyde's game. And Andy Reid's not one of those coaches that sticks it in everyone's nose. So, yeah, I mean, that's true. it's up to Bell. If Bell's going to come out and make the most, he's probably going to get 10, 12 carries. He needs to make the most of those if he wants it to be a revenge game because Andy Reid's not going to feed Lev Bell the ball to get back at the Jets. That's oh, not I don't think he's going to feed him. Ball. I just meant, like, if the Chiefs get down to, like, inside the five, does Le'Veon get all three goal line carries just to score a touchdown? Because Clyde doesn't well, really score inside the five anyway, and we don't quarterback sneak it, so – 
Well, yeah, that's what I was just going to say was that if we get down to the five, Bell's probably going to get it anyway because yeah. Clyde doesn't touch the ball anywhere inside the six-yard line. So, uh, it, listen, it's possible. I wouldn't be surprised if he has two touchdowns, but I just think he's going to have to make the most of more opportunities because he's probably – realistically, I don't see the Chiefs being inside the five-yard line. If we're scoring, it's going to be quick. Yeah, they're going to be scoring from like 70 yards out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the week Randy Reed pulls out those random plays he hasn't used since like 1999 when he was like an this offensive coordinator the, somewhere. Yeah. Right. The Chiefs have had a lot of tough games this year, so this is yeah. a this is a chance for them to have a fun game. So I I think we're gonna see Andy come out with a lot of cool special plays. They're gonna see how things work. They're gonna see how professionals or or what is considered professional level football how those players will react to certain routes. I think we're gonna see some funky stuff. It's gonna be cool. I agree. Um, obviously, we're both taking the Chiefs there. I don't know anyone who's taking the Jets. Moving on. Um, Los Angeles Rams at the Miami Dolphins. We know how you feel about Jared Goff on the road. He's not good. But Tua making his first start as a Dolphin, even though Ryan Fitzpatrick has been killing it. Um, I know you stand on Jared Goff. He's not good to begin with, and he's even worse on the road. So what are your thoughts going into this game? You more excited for Tua? You think the Rams are going to win? Where are you at? Well, I'm excited for Tua. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed with how Miami handled everything. I thought for sure, you know, like we had both been correct on our um, assumptions on how they'd handle the QB switch. So, you, you know, you said it would be after the bye, and I said it would yeah, be – Yeah, which got moved. <laughs> which got moved, and then yeah. I said it would be after performance of Fitz after he's lighting it up. But the thing is, Fitz has been playing the best ball of his career, and, you know, I just think – I think at some point, especially after hearing Fitz's comments about how he felt about the whole thing, there's something not right going on in Miami right now. And honestly, the NFC West is just stacked. That is a hell of a football division. We knew it coming into this season. Uh, We're not surprised. The Rams don't really scare me, but I, you know, I, we saw Tua for a couple series. I don't know enough, but I do know that the Rams defense is legit. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't want my first QB star being against Aaron Donald, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's where I was just about to go. Uh, the Miami Dolphins offensive line has gotten better, but they're still not really good, and now they have to face Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers. Good luck to you. <laughs> we'll say a prayer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Rams in a close game because I think this is one of those games where McVay tries to protect Goff and he runs the ball like 900 times. Yeah, that's who's going to get head those? Nod by Lou. <laughs> who do you think is going to get those carries, Malcolm Brown or Henderson? Both. I hate that. Yeah, I know a lot of fantasy owners do. Imagine drafting Cam Akers though, and thinking he was going to be a thing after last year. The Rams drafting Daryl Henderson, thinking he was going to be a thing, and he played like ten snaps all year. Well, when you got yeah, they did the same thing. We should have known, yep. but Henderson has been running pretty well considering. Um, oh, I know he's on my team. I'm in two leagues. Yeah. I didn't really want him, but I ended up with him because I was like, all right, well, this guy might do something. And now here he is leading a backfield. So I had Brown, who's just kind of getting the uh, vulture touchdown. So it's not the worst thing. No, it's not the worst thing. You're right. Malcolm Brown's going to turn into Mike Tolbert one day. Yeah. (laughs) Where he plays like two snaps to drive. He comes in inside the five. You know, it's going to him, but it doesn't matter. He's going to score anyway. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. So the highlight, well, to me, the highlight of the one o'clock games, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. I went on a rant last week about how good the Steelers are and that I don't get what people are doing. I've been telling you the Steelers have been good since June. 
It's now almost November and people are still not on the Steelers currently undefeated top two team and defensive DVOA top 10 offense and offensive DVOA. Uh, yes. I know you're kind of mad at big Ben right now because I traded him to you in our 14 man league. And then he went out and threw three interceptions. Uh, most of two of which were, he didn't even need to throw the ball, but okay. Um, Pittsburgh's still a really good team. They are getting four points. I don't understand it. And instead of going on the same rant I went on last week, I'll let you say your piece. So I am actually down on my outlook for the Ravens. We watched them play a couple games. Um, you know, obviously they had their one loss. And then the next game, I don't remember which team they played. Um, I can't remember, but I, I was watching them. And it, w- it was actually a close game before they went into the bye. And I was saying this game sucks. And why does it suck? It's because now you're watching the Ravens of like five years ago before Lamar Jackson came in, because now you have a quarterback that's not really that good trying to throw the ball. And Lamar Jackson was just sitting in the pocket. He wasn't rolling out. So I think that little knee injury he had was more severe than, you know, Baltimore was trying to let on because that was a tight game. And Lamar only had like 24 rushing yards through the third quarter. You know, he started scooting towards the end of the game because it got tight and he didn't have a choice. But um, I think that something was against going Philly on, where he broke off that 50 yard touchdown. Right, yeah, right. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's the game. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, look, the playbook to beating the Ravens is simple. Contain Lamar Jackson and make him throw. If you give him that outside, if you let him run, if you let him run draws, he's going to crush you every single time. So aside from the fact that I think he's actually got a little injury problem he's working with. If, if the Steelers can do what we've seen them do all year and contain the quarterback in the pocket, they are going to smoke the Ravens because Lamar Jackson standing still is not a threat to anyone unless it's Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree with like 98% of what you just said. The only part that I don't agree with is when you said make Lamar Jackson throw, it's the key is you have to make him throw deep. Because if you let him hit those check downs to the receiver and like those crossers to Mike and Mark Andrews and stuff, like he's still going to kill you. But like, I know the chiefs took it from the chargers playbook when the chargers played like seven DBs against them. If you put everyone in the box and make him consistently throw the ball deep, their offense isn't designed that way. Like they only have one de- downfield receiver. It's Marquise Brown. And you know that going into the game. So like you could take him away if you really wanted to. Um, Listen, Pittsburgh's defense is really good. The only thing that worries me is that the Ravens' defense is, like, also really good. Um, so I don't know if we're going to see a lot of points in this game. They also just picked up Yannick Ngakwe for extra pass rush. So now they have, like, Calais Campbell, Ngakwe, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith. Like, how many guys do you need on defense? Like, they have um, Patrick Queen, who's been killing it at linebacker. Like, so their defense is really good. Um, I'm, I'm expecting a low – I really like when the Steelers play the Ravens because normally they just beat the living hell out of each other. And if you're not going to score a lot of points, you at least have to be super physical. And I think that's what we're going to get. So I'm assuming you're taking Pittsburgh based on what you just said. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh and the points, um, but they should just win straight up. Uh, I'm going to go really tight though, like 21 to 17. Okay. I I mean, I could see it, but I I think Pittsburgh scores. I think it's oh, really okay. Yeah, I think it, we're looking. I'll, I'll say conservative, maybe 28 17, 28 20. All right, so touchdown. Lamar's okay. gonna, yeah. It's gonna come down to six minutes in the fourth quarter. Lamar throws another touchdown, 
And, you know, now the Ravens are down by eight. They try and stop them, but James Conner just runs the ball out. Milks the clock. Yeah, I could. that's pretty much what happens every time uh, that I, like they play. So here we go. Moving into the four o'clock games, we have a couple games left. Um, Chargers at Denver. I don't really have much to say other than I owe Justin, Kerber, Justin Herbert a nice kiss on the lips for what he did last week. I love him. Single-handedly bailed me out in two fantasy leagues. Um, other than that, the Chargers are beat up. Stop me if you've heard that one before. The Chargers are beat up. Uh, so is Denver. Um, these are like two injury-riddled teams going at it. Denver looked terrible. At, like Their offensive line is so bad. Because um, if you make the Chiefs look like the 2,000 Ravens, that means your offensive line is like, pathetic. Um, so I'm, assu- I'm assuming Joey Bose is going to have himself a day. Uh, where do you land on this game? I like the Chargers. I like what I'm seeing from Herbert. So uh, I don't even, again, don't think it's close. Yeah, I'm with Lou on this one. I'm going to take the Chargers as well. Um, Denver currently has like $50 million worth of cap space on IR between all the players they have hurt. So it's not that they're just, they're hurting like their best players are injured. So like, it's just hard to win uh, like that. Um, so we can just breeze by that. I'll take the charges also another game. This one should be a snooze fest. The saints at the bears. Um, remember noodle arm, drew Brees. Lou was here from the very beginning for that. Um, he's come out in full force this year. Not even waiting for December came out right from the first week, not being able to throw down the field. The bears can't score. Uh, but the Saints defense is not good. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this. I think it's a tight game because you have um, the Saints who are mediocre defense uh, up against Chicago, who is probably arguably one of the worst offenses. I mean, neither quarterback, I don't care who starts, neither of them scare you. Um, and the Saints really only have Kamara, who will be contained by that Chicago defense. So I think it's a low-scoring game. I would take the under. I don't even know where the under over-under is at. I'll get back to you on that. But I think that's going to be a very boring game. Um, I think, although with that said, I think Chicago finds a way to win because they've just been doing that in tight games. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust the Bears. But then again, I don't trust the Saints either. Um, what also worries me is that this game is at, at Chicago and Drew Brees is not good outside the Dome. I'd be interested to see if Michael Thomas even plays in this game. He practiced finally today for the first time all week. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take the Saints, but I don't feel I don't feel good about it. You're not going like, to feel good all. about either side. You're not going to yeah. feel good. And by the way, the overrun is at 43 and a half. That's pretty low. So Vegas also thinks that it's going to be a boring game. Yeah. <laughs> all right, a couple more games. Here we go. This is probably the best one of the 4 o'clock slate. 49ers at the Seahawks. I love watching Russell Wilson play, uh, especially now that their defense is bad. So he has to air it out like all the time. Um, But I've kind of been writing this in my blog. So if you follow those, you know where I stand on this. Seattle has one really big problem. And that's that they have no pass rush whatsoever. Um, And listen, that's going to come back to burn you eventually when you play against good teams. They played the Cardinals last week who are, you know, Lou's favorite NFC team. He's hot with the Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury over there. I like them too. But I think Lou would be the first one to admit their offensive line, despite upgrades, is still not that great. And Kyler Murray pretty much had all day to throw every single play. So that should tell you all you have to know about the Seahawks pass rush. 
Their best pass rusher is their safety, Jamal Adams, who's injured, uh, which makes it just weird saying that their safety is their best pass rusher because he's pretty much a linebacker. Um, 49ers are really beat up still. They're going to be beat up all year because uh, Thomas and Bosa tore their ACLs. And they're, all their running backs are on IR. So Jamichael Hasty probably starting this week. We'll see. Um, I know Lou hates Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to take the Seahawks strictly because of Russell Wilson. How about you? Well, it's going to be another close game because it's Seattle. And uh, just to add to what you said, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And I will easily take Seattle here. Yeah. Um, They're uh, Seattle's three points favorites. I, I'm going to take that. They probably win by a field goal, so you're going to push. But You know, is it possible that Seattle ever plays a normal game? Um, I have to look at their schedule, but probably not. Because I feel like every game they play, it's just like it comes down to like the last drive every time. Like, why can't you just beat someone like 28 to 10? <laughs> never. They, they can never do play. it. Yeah, no one will watch them play then. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what they think about Pete Carroll on the, on the headset to Russell Wilson. Like, hey, make sure you do something stupid here so the game will be close. <laughs> like, you guys haven't won a Super Bowl in eight years. It's like, yeah, well, we have great ratings. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last two games, national TV. Lou knows how I feel about divisional games on primetime. I hate them with every inch of my body, and now I, I am going to get stuck watching the Cowboys with no quarterback and no defense play the Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz and literally the entire practice squad out there on the field. Um, I'm not excited to watch this at all. I'll take the Eagles because the Cowboys are pathetic. Lou. Yeah, it's an Eagles minus nine. That's the most the most exciting thing is whether they're gonna win by nine. <laughs> um, I it's obviously the Eagles. It, I don't even think uh, Andy Schmalton is playing, so he didn't get cleared from concussion protocol as much as I know. Uh, I don't, I think he's questionable right now. He's probably still in it because he got like his head ripped off. Yeah. Um, real quick, do you think Mike McCarthy makes it through the season? No. It'll be weird because uh, that'll be one of the shortest tenures of uh, an NFL yeah. coach. I mean, but when you have your own players acting as anonymous sources, talking shit, it's not good. And, not and good. you're in week – we're going into week eight. Not good. Did – in two sentences or less, because we're going to have plenty of time to talk about this, does this make you value Dak Prescott more? Oh, yeah. They were at least in games. And, you know, that was one sentence. I also think that this shows that it all wasn't Dak's fault, nor was it Garrett's fault. So I'd like to formally apologize. That was a hyphen in there. So this is still continuing into two sentences. Um, I'd like to formally apologize to Jason Garrett because I did blame him specifically for being a loser head coach, calling him a thinner Jeff Fisher. And I, I do take some of that back. Agree 100%. I said I never blamed Jason Garrett. I was more of a blame the defense guy. And then when I was at Lou's Barbecue over the summer, some guy, I don't know who it was, I can't remember. Um, try Keep in mind, I don't know any of these people, so I'm just trying to make conversation and not ruffle any feathers, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, of course the Cowboys should have taken Michael Gallup with that pick. Their defense is good. Their corners are good, and their D-line is sick. And I was thinking to myself, like, dude, how drunk are you? Because there's no way that you think that logically. Um, and as we've seen, the Cowboys defense is the worst defense in the league. Um, I'm taking the Eagles. Lou sounds like he's on the Eagles. Last game, Monday Night Football, 
This game should be wonderful. Can't wait, except not really. It's going to be awful. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Giants. Uh, listen, I thought the Bucs defense without Vita Vea, run defense anyway, was going to take a step down because he's like a huge nose-clogging tackle. Nose-clogging. Run-clogging tackle. <laughs> who plays no- at the nose position. Excuse me. Um, the Giants are terrible. If it wasn't for the Jets, who play in the same building as them, we would probably make fun of them a lot more than we already do. Luckily, last week, we got to see Daniel Jones turn into a meme, so at least that was good. I'm taking Tampa. They're just much better than the Giants. Agree? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not close. Yeah. All right. So, real quick, before we sign off the podcast, um, breaking insider information, except not really. Tom Rupel, fellow Beak Brands author, texted me back, uh, texted me randomly, that Khabib, he believes Khabib will be returning to the UFC. Um, I don't know why he thinks that. He's our UFC guy. Make sure you check out his article next Tuesday coming up. That's going to wrap it up for me and Lou. We'll be back with you guys next Friday. As always, make sure you follow us at Beak Brands. You can follow Lou at Lou Jocks. You can follow me at Tim Ferdinand on Instagram and Twitter. Same for Beak Brands and Lou. Um, and we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and a couple other places. So make sure you definitely check us out as well as our website, of course. Um, and that's what I got, Lou. All right. Love you guys. Thank you.